Welcome to another edition of Story Catchers. I'm Tara Polkani. For the next few weeks, we're going to be sharing some of the stories we've captured in partnership with Homeless Connections, surrounding the stories of those living, loving, or supporting someone experiencing homelessness in the Fox Cities today. For our first story, I want to introduce you to my new friend, Clint Cooper, who, yes, we talked about being homeless, but far more than that, we talked about Clint's life and his amazing experiences that have led him to this moment. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce you to Clint. My name is Clint Cooper. I, uh, been in the Wisconsin area since 91. Moved here to get away from Detroit, which is a rough place to grow up in. I lived in New York. I lived in L.A. I also lived in Kingston, Jamaica. Nice places, but it's everywhere. No matter where you go, it's everywhere. Um, I moved from Detroit because one of my culture shops got burnt down. Um, at the time, we was trying to get blacks, African Americans, whichever you prefer, to stop calling each other the N-word. Um, we're black men, let's present each other like that. But you get mad when other people use the word. So let us stop using the word among ourselves. Um, and we had a culture store called Malcolm X. That it was a black bookstore that taught about our history. Um, unfortunately, we caught a guy coming down the chimney. He got stuck. Because the dog kept barking at the blood that was dripping from the chimney. And I'm like, and Kosi, he was my partner. I'm like, you ain't gonna, you ain't gonna, you ain't gonna believe this. He said, what? And somebody stuck in the chimney. He said, what? And the guy, he must have got wedged trying to come down. Long story short, we called the police, fire department. They came, got him out. Um, they asked him, I want to press charges. I said, no, I'm good with it. Let me talk to him. So I gave him a book. I said, here, man, take this book. Read about how great we are. We were and we still is. Take this book and read. I said, why are you trying to rob us? We don't have nothing. He never really said anything. He just kind of looked away and, okay, whatever, man. Three weeks later, my store with my Thai cocktail burnt down. We didn't have insurance. We couldn't afford it. At that time and point, now at the time and point of that, I had been visiting Wisconsin every Christmas and Thanksgiving. My girlfriend's parents lived here. She was from um, Louisiana, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. She went to school in Oakland uh, College in Michigan. Very smart girl. She graduated at like 16, went to college. Um, her parents was really cool. Um, they didn't discriminate against me because I was black. We got along. And we kept coming back and forth to Wisconsin every Christmas and Thanksgiving. And uh, I said, it's time to move. And we moved. Um, got here in 91. The reason I moved here wasn't the greatest idea to move here. I moved here for sports. I said, Clint, you can go there and play sports all year round. I said, good, let's go. I didn't think about a job. I'm thinking about playing sports. So I did that. Um, it was a little unusual 
Because it took me about three weeks. I finally had to ask him. I'm like, not to be uh, off board here, Bert. Where are the black people? They said, oh, you want to see the black people? We'll show you. So they took me to Cleo's. Oh, man, we got lit up. Then we staggered across the street to Park Central. There we are, dancing and, oh, man, with everybody in the whole state of Wisconsin at, at Park Central. So that's where I found out where we was at. Then it was our beauty's court where we played basketball every Sunday. I called the Nation of Islam because every brother in the city was down there playing ball. And it was funny because I wasn't accepted then because of my dreadlocks. They thought I was Jamaican. I'm like, dude, I'm not Jamaican, man. I'm black like you. What is wrong with you? So it was, it was a little rough beginning, but it was all good. People here were very friendly. Um, coming from Detroit and some of the bigger cities, people only spoke to you when they wanted something. So I was like, what do you want? And people were just speaking. That's how they do it. They just speak. So it took me a while to adjust. It took me a while to adjust. Uh, and once I did, it was fine. Uh, I eventually got married, had my only son. I have two daughters in Detroit. Um, one is a probation officer. She got a double bachelor's degree. The other's a nurse. The youngest one got married. The oldest one didn't. Um, I have grandkids, and they're doing great. They're doing great. So me having a son for the first time, it's kind of unusual. He's 12 now, and... He don't get it that he's an uncle. It's like, whatever. He just want to play his games. He ain't trying to hear all that. Um, the times, I've never experienced homelessness. I did one time. When I left Detroit, I was a, I was a well-known drug dealer. Um, I sold drugs to people that couldn't afford it, people that could afford it. It didn't matter. Um, when I got caught, it was a time in my life where I realized what I was doing it was wrong, but a lot of people do things for money. And I, uh, I bought my mother the house, I gave my car away, and I took a trip to Egypt. I studied under Benya Hockerman and Dr. John Clark. And it was the most amazing thing I could have ever done because I learned so much about my history. It made me mad. It made me angry. And that's when I decided I need to do something. Uh, and that's prior to me opening up the culture shop. That's when I opened up the culture shop. And Wisconsin has been a good place for me. Although it took me, I'm used to big cities. Mm-hmm. This, this is, is a big town. Yeah, I was going to say, this is decidedly not a big And <laughs> so it took me a while to adjust. I also came here, unfortunately, got back into drugs. I couldn't find a job. Um, I went through that whole scenario again got caught the funny thing about it I was, date, I was dating a probation officer at the time and when I got on probation the probation agent knew me from dating this one probation officer um, five years of probation having dirty UAs just fighting the system pretty much I wasn't ready to give it up I wasn't ready and my PO said Clint what is wrong with you you ain't this person, but for some reason, I said, you know what it is? It's the lifestyle. It's the lifestyle. And then I had to realize that within myself. So finally, I came sense with myself. I said, I'm getting too old for this. 
So I went to the morning house, and they seen something in me that I didn't see. I said, you ever thought about being a counselor? I said, me? I said, yeah, you. So they, <laughs> they uh, and eventually I went back to school to become a drug counselor. Uh, we started out at the uh, work, ho work home development in Manassa. Then we go to Madison every other weekend. I had counselors who were meth ex-meth addicts. And I was just like blown away from their stories. I'm like, and you're a counselor now? I said, yeah. And guess what, Clint? We make the best counselors. We make, I mean, you can read a book on this. Yeah, but until you lived it, Until right? you lived it, you wouldn't, you don't have an idea. So, and it, the problem came with that the state changed something in there. Because we was going, I think it was a two-year program. They wanted us to go four. And, uh. I did work in the morning house as a uh, house manager. Uh, I, I, I tried to marry life, you know, coming home, playing dad. Well, he was still a baby at the time. Um, it wasn't that I didn't care about him. It was a big change for me, not ever being married, not ever having to be a, a family person. Um, I went back to using. And she couldn't handle it. She asked for a divorce while I was in jail. I didn't take it lightly. I got angry. Um, and the thing that changed me, when she had my son in her arms, we was talking to each other. He could feel, and he started crying. So I said, you know what? I'm going to give this to you because I need you strong to help raise my boy until I get better. So I did that. And to make a long story short, me and her are best friends today uh i can see my son whenever there's no backlashes it's like all that never happened but the journey that we went through brought us to this point that we can be civil people for our son but it is what it is you know and eventually i went back to that um, just going to the church, just being in a different environment. But sports always been my outlet. Uh, going to the gym, now going to the Y, teaching classes, um, doing something positive, trying to give good vibes to people. That's, and I, I even tell people, uh, because you're homeless don't mean you're no less than nobody else. Um, it was one time in point I thought, uh, I put myself in it. And I said, no, no, no. I put myself in this situation. If I look back what led up to this, I did this. Did nobody do this to me? I did this. The point now why I'm here, I had a place. I had a roommate. I ain't going to say much about him, but I came home one day and there was abuse, drug, and it must have been because the hours I worked, they didn't think I was going to be home, and I walked in on it. I immediately, immediately said, I'm out. Because I know what this leads to. I've been through it most of my life. I'm not going through it again. And when I put my name on the list, I know most of the staff is like, what are you doing here? I said, this is why. I made this choice. Because now I need a place of my own. Um, and I did get one 
at one time through the connection. Um, it just so happened that the area I was at was Oklahoma, right down the street from West High School. Uh, great landlord too, just a great landlord. Um, he was he had the only house that wasn't bought that wasn't owned. So he had to take my one bedroom and convert it back into a house so he could sell it. So I understood that point. So I moved around, went to Manasha, I moved around, got some roommates, came back, found another roommate. And my son's starting to get older. And I'm gonna use this time. I'm working, I have a car, to stay focused. All I want is a two bedroom. So when my son get older, he come stay with me, go back and forth. Simple, very simple. And people don't understand, well, why would you leave a place? I said, you know what, it got to a point, I didn't like going home. And when you get to that point, I don't care. I will sleep in my car with it. And I even had to sleep at the woman's shelter a few nights. Um, and I was okay with that. Because at least, I don't know these people, but whatever they're doing, I don't see it. We here because we don't have a place to stay. I was okay with that. And you'd be surprised that I met a guy that was living there who came from another place. He was making over $100,000 a year. But he just moved here. He didn't have a place to go. He's staying here. And we both kind of converted. He said, Clint, so many people just take advantage of this. And we kind of said, yeah, they do. He said, I'll be out here in about a week. I said, well, hopefully I will be too as soon as the homeless connection, which he didn't even know about. Um, it's always about the journey. The journey is important. No matter how you get there or how you get there, remember the journey. But that's going to that's gonna give you... It's, it's something I heard in reggae music living in, King, in Kingston. Circumstances made me who I am today. And uh, that's where I'm at. What is your concept of home? Home is... Home should be where you can go and after your day of venture... You go home and you're, I'm home, I can relax, I can be me. Um, it's something I've learned to do when I wake up in the morning. And I don't mean this derogatory, but it's me against the world. Not necessarily in that like that, but I have to be focused on who I'm going to meet, what's going to happen, what I'm going to deal with, all the obstacles I'm going to come across. It's like chess. You don't know what kind of move you're going to make until you're forced to make that move. Do we have a choice? Yes, we do. Um, sometimes we make bad choices. I was talking to a girl in here today. She said, Clint, I made a bad choice two weeks ago. I said, hey, we all make choices. And the consequences let us know if it was a good or a bad one. All we can do is just try to change. Home is, home is everything. And right now, this is my home. Um, I stay positive. And that's the big things. Being in the shelter, stay positive. So to me, home is a place where you can go and relax, kick back, uh, enjoy the people that, that, and hopefully with me, it'll be my son or a spouse. Um, but right now, like we you say in rehab, uh, one day at a time, one day at a time. You've been listening to Story Catchers. I'm Tara Polkani. Go to storycatcherscommunity.com to find out more and to consider sharing your story with us because we all have stories to tell.